We've just witnessed the second largest bank failure in American history, First Republic Bank of San Francisco. Now digital currency has rolled out in a number of countries around the world, and the United States and the UK, along with 80% of the world's banks, are getting ready to convert to digital currency. The Great Reset is here. In addition, Marxist trans activists have a new tactic. They're staging one-day takeovers of state capitals. They're rioting in red states that oppose gender mutilation care. And finally, Bud Light has officially become Broke Light Beer. Sales have plummeted 26% compared to last year. America is saying no to the 26-year-old trans actor named Dylan Mulvaney, who has single-handedly destroyed the brand. These stories and more on the next edition of Narrative Wars. I'm your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons, and you don't want to miss this. Let's peel back the curtain of confusion to shed light upon the mainstream media madness. And now, Narrative Wars with your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the people are sick and tired. So tired. More recently, there's been a lot of concern about the rollout of CBDCs in the United States. No, I'm not talking about CBDs or medical cannabis. I'm talking about central bank digital currency, CBDC, an electronic form of money. A lot of people are already using apps such as Apple Pay, PayPal, Google Pay, Venmo, or others. All of these will become obsolete and possibly illegal if the government rolls out a fiat central bank digital currency. Is this a conspiracy theory or some sort of strange Orwellian futuristic scenario? Actually, neither. 11 countries have already rolled out CBDCs, and these countries can be tracked on the website www.atlanticcouncil.org. This is not a fantasy. The first country in the world to launch it was the Bahamas. It's still struggling to gain critical mass, but early adopters are using the app regularly. The Federal Reserve is committed to roll out CBDCs in the United States. All the information is on the Federal Reserve website. (laughs) Just take a look, folks. It's not a secret. The problem will be trying to get the entire population of the United States or the majority of the people in the country to comply This will eventually mean the elimination of cash and the ushering in of a system that will monitor every transaction that you make. Well, you may say, how can a nation of independent and self-sufficient people that have a pioneering spirit, the pioneer spirit DNA inside of them, how can these people give up independence and trade it in for a tyrannical system of surveillance, control, and unquestioned directives from an all-powerful central government. Well, of course, that's ridiculous, you're probably saying. Well, perhaps or perhaps not. It was just recently that we believed the central government when we were told that it was necessary for everyone in the entire nation to lock down for two weeks. Just two weeks, folks. Well, that two weeks turned into a year, 
or a year and a half in certain states. We allowed the government to lie to us and say that certain businesses were essential and others were not. The result was that hundreds of thousands of small businesses were closed forever. We were told that our houses of worship needed to close because they were not essential, even though we had the right of assembly and the freedom to worship enshrined in our Constitution. Most pastors became sheep. Their churches closed. The large churches survived through online services, but the smaller churches collapsed. According to the Barna Group, between 25 and 30% of all the churches in the United States of America have closed forever as a result of the lockdowns. And tens of thousands of pastors, perhaps more, have left the ministry forever. Well, it seems fear can be a powerful motivator. America has survived COVID-19. We've reset to a strange post-apocalyptic existence. We've walked through the gauntlet together, and it seems that seldom has heard a discouraging word, and our ears reject COVID talk all day. I fear that for many of Americans, the rush to move on with our lives and not properly evaluate the deep fake from the deep state which the COVID-19 lockdowns brought us will only lead us, leave us vulnerable in a future catastrophic event. Will a major financial collapse fan the great furnace of fear which will drive Americans toward the tyranny of central bank digital currency? China already has a social credit system. What will it take for America to follow China? The Federal Reserve has already signaled that CBDCs are a great idea. And if you don't agree with the Federal Reserve, you need to make your voice heard right now before it's too late, while there's still an opportunity for dissent. And now, as we turn to the summer of 2023, we look back in the rearview mirror to the peaceful summer of 2020, in which Antifa peacefully protested by causing millions of dollars of damage, death, and destruction in the blue state cities of America. We now gaze forward towards the summer of 2023 and the peaceful riots in state capitals where trans rioters oppose laws that protect minors from irreversible gender-affirming surgical and chemical castration. It seems that the Antifa activists of the summer of 2020 have now put on dresses in the summer of 2023. Only now the trans activists are coming for the children. And if you're a parent, what can be done? Well, first, monitor what your children are watching during their screen time. And second, don't give in to the lies of the false dichotomy that you must destroy your child's God-given gender or they will kill themselves. Remember, children have been going through puberty for millennia and humanity has survived. And that's a comforting thought. And finally, there's the Bud Light Saga. Like a half-consumed bottle of beer that's left out for the next morning, it's the story that just won't die. It leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. The Dutch owners of Anheuser-Busch, InBev, 
The entity that owns Bud Light and 300 other brands of adult beverages is giving us a textbook example on how to double down on stupid. They're blaming everything else and everyone else other than admitting to the error of their ways. In delaying the inevitable and necessary mea culpa, Anheuser-Busch InBev, a monstrous multinational brewing powerhouse and former tour de force, has become the antithetical tour de trans. Namely, by plastering Dylan Mulvaney's fake female smiley face on the side of a Bud Light can. This has insulted the majority of male Bud Light consumers. But, of course, that's, that's not a surprise to anyone. Except the geniuses at Anheuser-Busch in Bev. Well, the result is the destruction of the holy grail of marketing, what is known as a brand's share of mine. For example, Coca-Cola is the most recognizable brand on planet Earth. All competing brand marketing managers and executives dream of one day dethroning Coke. But alas, the share of mind that Bud Light once held in the heartland of America has been reduced to a putrefied pile of smoldering ashes. The once loyal group of Bud Light connoisseurs are now exclaiming, Nah, hell no, we don't want to drink your woke beer. Well, in all honesty, they may prefer a somewhat less restrained turn of phrase, but I think you get my point. I'm your host of Narrative Wars, Jeffrey K. Lyons. It's Friday, May 5th. 2023. Well, we start off with our first story, which is digital currency. And it's coming to America, CBDCs, that central bank digital currency. And you might be saying, ha, that's just a conspiracy theory. There's no proof to that. Folks, all you need to do is go to federalreserve.gov federalreserve.gov, and then slash CBDC. You're going to find all of the information right there. It's hiding in plain sight. Or just just search Federal Reserve and CBDC. You'll find it. So here are a couple of interesting points from their webpage, the Federal Reserve, talking about CBDCs. What's a central bank digital currency? A CBDC is a digital form of central bank money. That's widely available to the general public. Central bank money refers to money that's a liability of the central bank. In the United States, there are currently two types of central bank money. Physical currency issued by the Federal Reserve. Okay, that's called cash, folks. And digital balances held by the commercial banks at the Federal Reserve. Okay, that's our digital banking. So we're all familiar with that. Will a U.S. CBDC replace cash or paper currency? Okay. This is the elephant in the room, the $100,000 question or million-dollar question, however you want to put it. Will the U.S. CBDC replace cash or paper currency? The Federal Reserve is committed to ensuring the continued safety and availability of cash and is considering a CBDC as a means to expand safe payment options, not to reduce or replace them. Ha! Yeah, right. Like, we're going to, we're really going to believe that. Like, 
uh, well, well, let's just shut down uh, society for two weeks. It's only going to be two weeks, everybody. No, we're going to roll out CBDCs, and it's only going to be out there as an option. Cash will still be out there. Uh-huh, right? Yeah. This government does not have a very good track record. And uh, I'm sorry, red flag on the field. I'm not buying it. Number three, has the Federal Reserve decided to create a CBDC? The Federal Reserve issued money and payments. Okay, this is a document that the Federal Reserve put out. Money and payments, the U.S. dollar in the age of digital transformation. Okay, so they put out this document as a first step in fostering a broad and transparent public dialogue about CBDCs in general and about the potential benefits and risks of a U.S. CBDC. So they put out a paper, and uh, they've also had testimony. Testifying before the House Financial Services Committee in March 2023. This is very recent, folks. Chairman Powell said a central bank digital currency is, quote, something we would certainly need congressional approval for. Well, yeah, I mean, he's smooching up to Congress and saying, well, we need congressional approval for this, but... Let's say we have another crisis. Let's say we have another shutdown of the economy, another lockdown, another pandemic. Could they roll this out under emergency authorization without the approval of Congress? What just happened? You know, Americans have short memories, and I don't know why. But what just happened? Well, they rolled out these fake vaccines under emergency use authorization. And they weren't vetted, and they've never been given out to mankind. Never. They manipulate the mRNA and the DNA of human beings, and there's all sorts of things in there that we don't even know what's in there. Check out Dr. Jane Ruby. There's a lot of conversation out there. So if you believe what Chair Powell is saying that, oh, we certainly need congressional approval for it. Well, of course, you can toss that out. But if we have another shutdown, another major crisis, which is already being predicted, oh, another one's going to come along. I mean, Biden's already said that. They can do anything under emergency use authorization. Number four, why is the Federal Reserve considering a CBDC now? The Federal Reserve is charged with promoting monetary and financial stability and the safety and efficiency of the payment system and in studying how a CBDC could improve on an already safe and efficient U.S. domestic payment system. So it's unicorns, rainbows, happy talk, and smiley face from the Federal Reserve. This is what we're getting. All right, let's take a look at this other piece. This is um, a press release that was put out. Public update on the Bahamas digital currency sand dollar. This was put out Monday, April 3rd, 2023. So the Bahamas, not very far from the United States, just south, just south of us, close to Florida. Well, they've had a 
central bank digital currency for quite some time. And they're being rolled out and talked about as the poster child. And of course, if you're going to look, if you're going to roll this out around the world, you're going to pick small countries to do it first. You're going to work out the kinks before you, before you roll it out in larger countries. And then you're going to use those small countries as talking points in order to tout the wonderful benefits of the CBDC. So from this uh, piece, all of it's available in the links when you take a look at the podcast. The Central Bank of the Bahamas is inaugurating a monthly update to keep the public more informed of initiatives to promote digital currency adoption. This marks the start of accelerated and more entrenched outreach. Over the coming months, releases will provide more details. So they're just going to keep pumping out more public information, PSAs, in terms of, hey, come on, you guys, get with it. Get with the program. You need to be adopting this. Continuing, continuing with the article, a highlight of central banks' incentivization efforts will be the targeted giving away of $1 million in sand dollars to early adopters during 2023 and 2024. So this has been up running for a couple of years, and uh, it's just failing, failing miserably. People aren't adopting this thing. So, okay, we're just going to give a million dollars away, a million of these sand dollars away over the next two years. How do, you, how do you qualify for the big giveaway? Well, you put the app on your phone. This is how it works. You have to have a phone, and you have to have this app, and that's how you access your digital money. Well, the Bahamas is um, it's an island nation, and it's quite spread out. You've got fishermen, you've got people in rural areas, and I would imagine that those fishermen, when they're out at sea, people in many of these rural areas, they can't get cell phone coverage. All right, I think you get the idea. But here's what is really interesting, and and we're going to just talk about this website called Atlantic Council, and then we're going to listen to our first cut here. Central Bank Digital Currency Tracker. And I really suggest you to take a look at this website, AtlanticCouncil.org, AtlanticCouncil.org. And what you're going to find is that at present, there are 11 countries in the world who have fully launched a digital currency. The Bahamas was one of them. It was the first. Let's listen to cut number two. And you're going to hear a number of different voices. The first voice you're going to hear is John Roll. He's the governor, Central Bank of the Bahamas. He's still in office. You're going to listen to Anke Weber, Mission Chief, the Bahamas IMF. Cleopatra Davis head of banking, Central Bank of the Bahamas. And then you're going to listen to a young adopter and what he has to say. Let's take a listen to this cut number two. We didn't start with the idea of a central bank digital currency. We, we focused on eliminating as many obstacles as possible for persons having access to the equivalent of a deposit account or a mobile wallet account to conduct transactions. Hurricane Dorian made landfall on the Bahamas with wind speeds of 185 miles per hour. The most powerful storm ever recorded to strike the island nation. 
the sand dollar was launched its pilot program in Exuma then we saw the launch happen in Abaco which was great because that island had just uh, suffered Hurricane Dorian and that allowed some banking and some transactions to happen there. If you live on an island that has just been hit by a major hurricane then you may not have access to an ATM or bank branch and the sand dollar can help you because it can be operated via mobile phones. The sand dollar is the digital version of the Bahamian currency. Uh, it's built to be used on the mobile wallet platforms that our financial institutions are introducing. When COVID happened, I, I wanted to move away from handing and touching money from others for the safety of myself and my family. So using sand dollar just helped me be more safer and feel secure. Okay, that last voice we heard was a early adopter, a young person who's terrified about COVID. I can't touch anything. Oh no, disease. Oh no. And so, boy, well, how wonderful. I can uh, use this on my phone and uh, I won't get sick. I'm, I'm going to be all masked up um, and um, this is, uh, is going to save me and protect my family. How strange also that they're rejoicing over Hurricane Dorian. Oh, this is great news. We just had a hurricane. And now we can force people to adopt what we wanted them to adopt, which they didn't really need, is this central bank digital currency. You, you, can, see, you can see the, the narrative here. And th this is why they love crises. Secondly, they're going to promise bliss. Remember Fidel Castro promising utopia to the people of Cuba? It's going to be living hell. Everything will be monitored. All of your financial transactions. And if you disagree, they will have the ability to shut down access to your money. It's total totalitarian control, which they're already doing in communist China through the social credit system. Total surveillance, tyrannical control, all liberty and free will will cease to exist. The central bankers, billionaires and left-wing puppet politicians like AOC will be in charge. It will mean the total end of the United States and of the Constitution as we know it. The end of liberty. Well, what can we do? What can we do, fellow patriots? Well, don't use electronic apps to exchange money, okay? Just delete them from your phones. Delete them. Say goodbye to PayPal, to Apple Pay, to Google Pay, to whatever pay, Venmo. Just delete them because these apps are already training people, conditioning people. It would just be a simple jump to a, to a system which is controlled by the Federal Reserve. But oh, it's going to be controlled by the International Monetary Fund. Isn't it interesting that one of the people that was in this brief video, Anke Weber, she's the mission chief, the Bahamas International Monetary Fund. Why is the IMF interested in a tiny little country in the Caribbean? Because this is the first. This is the first. This is the poster child. They want to roll this thing out. Folks, it's not going to be just the United States. It's going to be a huge interlocking web anywhere you go. 
you will be tracked. You go on vacation, you're tracked. You go to the grocery store, you're tracked. You get on the the interweb, you're tracked. You make any sort of purchase, you're tracked. You purchase a book that is pro-conservative values. Oh, you're tracked. Folks, you think that this is just a fantasy? No, it's coming. Take a look at the Chinese social credit system. You can't make this stuff up. So we need to resist. Don't use electronic apps to exchange money. Just don't do it, okay? And if the vendor says, this is the only way I can do business, you know, offer to pay them in a different way. If they still refuse and say, sorry, going to have to do business with someone else. So stop using PayPal, Apple Pay, or anything else similar to that. Go old school. Well, folks, we're so thankful that you're listening to Narrative Wars. We really appreciate it. Narrative Wars wants to give a shout out again to our many listeners, both in the United States and in other countries such as Canada, Germany, UK. In the United States, there are uh, multiple states coming on every month, new states listening to the program. We thank you. You can find our webpage on Podbean with links to your favorite podcasting apps. And the easiest way to get to that webpage is just to go to narrativewars.org. That's narrativewars.org. And this will take you to our webpage where you're going to see past shows along with links to all your favorite podcasting apps. Please five-star rate, follow, and tell a friend. Thank you. We truly appreciate your support. You're the reason that we do this program. Well, we move on to our next a uh, story here, pro-trans left-wing protesters occupy four state capitals in five days. That, that, that takes a lot of effort. Four protests that take over state capitals, four different states, all within five days. March 27, Austin, Texas. And this is all in 2023, folks. It's all, it happened. This is the wonderful summer of 2023, the peaceful summer of 2023 that we alluded to in our opening monologue. March 27, Austin, Texas. On Monday afternoon, the open-air rotunda of the Texas Capitol Extension was completely full with pro-transgender protesters who gathered to oppose House Bill 1686. Now, House Bill 1686 would prohibit gender transition procedures on minors for the purpose of transitioning a child's biological sex. So, what's wrong with that? God created two genders. Why wouldn't you want to protect? Why would you want to come and protest and scream and yell and stand up and push the the agenda of chopping off a 15-year-old's breasts, 13-year-old's breasts, 12-year-old male's penis. Why? Why is that a bad thing to stand up for children and say no? They want to do that once they become legal adults. Hey, that's on them. But we as parents are saying, no, this is a bad idea. Red flag on the field. A photo shows what appears to be at least hundreds of protesters filling three levels of the rotunda. And this is in Austin, Texas. 
which, by the way, is a blue city in the midst of a red state. While one account estimated the number at over a thousand activists, the activists can be heard chanting, shut it down, as they or exited I mean, the rotunda and then echoing through the hallways, protect trans kids. And you hear this maniacal chant over and over, protect trans kids, trans rights or human rights. What about the right of the 12-year-old to keep their penis or the right of the 14-year-old woman to keep her breasts? What about their rights? Hmm. What about the rights of parents to protect their children? March 29th, Frankfurt, Kentucky. Before the Kentucky House and Senate convened at noon to consider a veto to override an an attempt on SB 150, opponents and supporters of the legislation held dueling rallies. So, SB 150 promotes parental rights in education, guarantees student privacy in bathrooms, what's wrong with that, and locker rooms, and protects minors from gender transition procedures. So, this got passed, but then there was an attempt to override SB 150. So, after the pro-SB 150 rally in the Capitol Rotunda concluded, guess what happened? Well, there was a pro-transgender protesters that gathered a bearded man grotesquely dressed as either a clown nun or a demon led the mostly teenage crowd in an ironic chant of shame 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 the house voted 76 to 23 to override the veto at 3 30 p.m after order was restored so the measure sb 150 passed march 30th nashville Tennessee, thousands, not hundreds of protesters, according to one left-wing Twitter account, gathered early Thursday morning at the Tennessee State Capitol. Well, I saw the television coverage. I'm not sure if there were thousands, but possibly a thousand. They were demanding stronger gun laws. One reporter said gun control crowd was flooding into the Tennessee Capitol. Demonstrators entered the Capitol peacefully but loudly. So this one was a real kerfluffle for the left because the person who did the shooting in the Tennessee massacre, which we covered in an earlier episode of Narrative Wars, that was a trans person. But they pivoted, the left pivoted to make it all about guns. But it was a crazy trans person that decided to kill three innocent children and three innocent adults at a private Christian school. March 31st, Tallahassee, Florida, led by a student unity coalition of South Florida, approximately 200 people, mostly college students, marched from Florida State University over to the state's capital rotunda. On Friday, the protesters wore rainbow flags, LGBT pins, face paint, and chanted, this is what democracy looks like, and erasers, E-R-A-S-E-R-S, are for blackboards. Not for people. Well, that was a boy. That was a mouthful. Not the cleverest and catchiest um, slogan. Florida House considered a number of bills on Friday, including HB 1069, which would expand parental rights in Education Act passed last year, which nationwide left wingers baselessly dubbed "Don't Say Gay" bill. Okay, <clears throat> that's just 
I, I even hate to read that. Don't say gay bill. There's no such thing as the don't say gay bill. This is just propaganda to trash HB 1069, which did pass. So they passed by a vote of 77 to 35. The bill would clarify provisions on school libraries, adjudication processes, and biological basis for its definition of sex. When the bill passed the House, the protesters let out a long collective scream, No! No! I mean, are these college students or are these two-year-olds? Cut number three. A couple hundred protesters covered the fourth floor of the Capitol Monday as lawmakers gaveled into the 2023 legislative session. The protest was for trans rights and trans lives. Inside the House chamber, Governor Kevin Stitt talked about his position on Oklahoma values. We shouldn't allow a minor to get a permanent gender-altering surgery in Oklahoma. That's why I'm calling for the legislature to send me a bill that bans all gender transition surgeries and hormone therapies on minors in the state of Oklahoma. Democrat Maury Turner spoke to the crowd before session started, and being the only trans legislator, Turner shares their frustrations. I live and I work in a body where I could come to work on a Monday morning and get a death threat just for showing up as black, trans, Muslim, and gender diverse in Oklahoma. That is the reality, right? That's the reality that so many of the people in the rotunda face. So the entire United States of America needs to change the definition the God-given definition of man and woman because one lawmaker feels that they're having a bad day because people won't listen and agree with what this lawmaker has to say. This pro-gender mutilation lawmaker. You know, I'm not buying it. Red flag on the field. Hey, a couple of quick comments here. Remember, again... The Summer of Riots in 2020 by Antifa. We talked about this already. The Summer of 2023, mark my words, it's beginning of state capital riots. And as we mentioned earlier, prior to listening to this piece, there's been four state capital riots within five days prior to this making of this program. Antifa has put on dresses and now they're rioting in state capitals Hey, I, I've been there. I've seen some of these riots. I've been there. And these trans people are violent. And this is happening around the world. It's happening in UK. You're seeing trans people attacking lesbians at a lesbian parade march. And they're attacking the lesbians for saying that we are women and we're lesbians. I mean, I mean it's just... We are losing complete touch of reality. And if we allow this to go on, humankind is going to lose all mooring. Fourthly, this is coordinated and it's funded. These are professional anarchists and rioters. They're bust in from other states. The goal is Marxist destabilization and destruction of Western-style free societies. They're arguing for gender mutilation based on feelings. These people are completely detached from objective reality. The anarchist, Marxist, radical trans movement is a mental disorder. 
This isn't gender dysphoria. This is Marxist and it is spiritually dark. And I'll even go as far as to say this is evil. They want the destruction of mankind as we know it. And that's why they're targeting children. Well, it's time for one of my favorite segments, the segment that I call Dictionary Wars. And we're going to take a look at this term transhumanism. Now, this is how I define it. There's a lot of definitions out there, but this is how I define it. The interfacing of the human mind with computers and ultimately artificial intelligence. Now, where did I get that from? I synthesized it from an interview with Elon Musk. And that's basically how he described it. Now, this is very disturbing. Back in September... And, and a lot of these things happen and we're not even aware. We're just going about our daily lives. But back in September 14th of 2022, Biden signed in an order, an executive order, of course, to advance, guess what? Transhumanism. So let's take a look. Let's take a look or a listen at cut number four. We'll discuss on the backside. What we're sitting on right now is the precipice of what the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab calls the fourth industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something that no one voted on. The citizens weren't uh, asked what they wanted to, uh, how they wanted to take part in this. This is kind of being foisted upon us. And there are players in this space like Elon Musk. He's the uh, CEO of Tesla, also co-founder of Neuralink. We have Yuval Harari. He's a WEF advisor, a professor of history. Let's take a look at what the people in this space are talking about, just in case you haven't seen it. Take a listen. Okay. You're working to build basically an interface to the brain. Yeah. Electrode to neuron interface at a micro level. Okay, what is that? Like, I'm going to have like a plug in my head that's going to fit into mm -hmm. a hard drive? Like, or how does that work? Yeah, yeah. A chip and a bunch of tiny wires. This, this would be implanted surgically. And it would do what? Could you input? Could you download Jim? Mm-hmm. Yes. What, what, what? <laughs> the long-term aspiration with Neuralink was, would be to achieve a symbiosis with uh, artificial intelligence. What we have seen so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total biometric surveillance. So COVID was a wonderful thing, according to Yuval Noah Hirari, history professor and advisor to the World Economic Forum, because it allows us to legitimize the advancing of this agenda, artificial intelligence and transhumanism. So you, you didn't know that. You didn't know that how the World Economic Forum was pivoting and enjoying the fact that ah, millions of people are dying, people are locked down, hundreds of thousands, millions of businesses around the world are shut down, children aren't getting a good education. In fact, the last year, year and a half, just throw it out the window. But no, that's a wonderful thing because... Out of that, we can advance transhumanism. I mean, these people are evil. 
these people are evil. Now, you also heard Elon Musk in this piece say, yeah, yeah, we're going to put a chip in your brain with some tiny wires and you'll be able to download whatever. Remember those, all those movies, The Matrix? Yeah, well, that was signaling what's coming ahead. But now it's reality. This is not science fiction anymore, folks. This is not weird conspiracy stuff. We just heard it. Elon Musk, who is the founder and leader of Tesla, Neuralink, Starlink, and, and, and other, other businesses. Well, a couple of comments here. If this happens on a mass scale, if transhumanism rolls out, if we all get chipped and have a USB port, and you can go, you can go on YouTube. They're already putting the tiny wires and USB ports in mice and testing this. I'm not making this up. Go check it out. Don't believe me. Go look for it. It's out there. If this happens on a mass scale, mankind as we know it will cease to be human. Mankind will lose every vestige of humanity that we cling to as being human. Love, compassion, empathy, altruism, self-sacrifice, a yearning for liberty and freedom from tyranny. We become nothing more than rats in a program maze, dominated by the elite class of computer nerd, tyrannical overlords like Elon Musk and Yuval Noah Hirari. Well, I thought Mr. Musk was a great guy because uh, now he's uh, opened up Twitter. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, you believe that if you want. Yeah, he, he wants to put a chip in your brain. And Hirari wants to go under the skin. He wants to monitor everything about your life. Boy, these are friendly people. Humans will be completely unaware of their downtrodden condition. They'll be docile, compliant. They'll be non-human. They'll be electronically lobotomized by the tyrants of the World Economic Forum and the genius billionaires of the world like Elon Musk that hold the encrypted keys to the existence of human life itself. And if you resist, they'll simply turn off the power and switch you off. Well, that's a rather grim thought, isn't it, folks? But hey, how do you resist? How do you resist? Well, guess what? Don't let them put a chip in your brain. Don't let them do it. It, it fascinates me that um, they go to countries like Sweden and different countries around the world um, and people let them put chips under the skin and then, oh, I don't need keys. Now I can just go in and out of the business because I got this tiny chip in my hand. You know, So there's early adopters, but you'll find this in nations that are godless nations, nations that don't fear God or have no understanding of any sort of metaphysical connection to a higher force, certainly no Judeo-Christian ethic, no understanding of, of who God is or the stories that we become familiar with in Western society, the stories in the Bible, the stories that we've been told as children, or, or even that there's a day once a year when we celebrate the coming of the Christ. No, none of that. It's just a day of the year when you, when you give a lot of presents and you have a big party. 
And there's a lot of people in the United States like that too. But how do you resist? Look, don't let anyone put a chip in your brain. Don't let them do it. And if you go into surgery and you're going to be knocked out, read the fine print, read the fine print. Don't let them put anything in your body that you do not want in your body. Well, we move on to our final story. And this is the, this is the story that just keeps on giving. Bud Light. Bud Light is now giving away free cases of beer to every wholesale employee as it begs for forgiveness after the Dylan Mulvaney fiasco. This piece in the Daily Mail. Bud Light has resorted to handing out free beer as the brand's efforts to squash the backlash to the Dylan Mulvaney deal, and they are becoming increasingly desperate. Bosses have also promote, promised excuse me, to boost marketing spending. Well, that's not going to help. God, this stuff is just laughable. So you're going to throw more money at the problem. It's still not admitting that it was really a stupid idea to hire the fake woman, Dylan Mulvaney, and put his face, his smiling goofball face on a Bud Light can. No, we're not going to admit that, but we're going we're gonna to give away free beer and we're going to spend more money on advertising. Okay, yeah, we'll see how that We'll see how that plays out. We're going we're gonna to continue to track this story. Sales of Bud Light are in free fall after the disastrous partnership with Mulvaney 26, which was announced in March. The controversial trans influencer was sent a can of beer with his face on it to celebrate a year since he transitioned from male to female. I'm not even going to read what's in the original article. It, it, it uses a female pronoun. no. The dude was born with a penis. He's a male. Sorry, you can't change that. He can't have babies. Doesn't have a uterus. Doesn't have ovaries. Doesn't have woman parts. This is a dude. I don't care if he puts on makeup and prances around in an Audrey Hepburn dress. It's a dude. Figures from Bump Williams Consulting, which specializes in the alcohol industry, show in-store sales fell 26% in the week ending April 22nd. The decline in the week previously was 21%. Oh, that's a downward trend. 21% down, 26% down. And the week before that was 11% down. So 11, then down next week, 21%, then 26% the next week. Not looking good. And we're already hearing that there's a number of um, retailers, bars, so on and so forth. They're just canceling. You know, don't, don't you know, take, take back your woke light beer and just cancel. We're not going to accept any more delivery because nobody's buying it. The outrage deepened when comments surfaced from Bud Light executive Alyssa Heinerscheid, who said the beer needed to update its fratty and out-of-touch branding. Oh, yeah, comparing the drinkers, the consumers of Bud Light to out-of-control college fraternity members. Well, that went over great. She's gone. Heinerscheid and her boss, Daniel Blake, Anheuser-Busch VP for mainstream brands, well, they've been placed on leave over the scandal. Bye-bye. Sorry to see you go. Not Sorry. This is very interesting. Now, Williams told the St. Louis Post-Dispatch her big miss was 
I don't think she understood who the core Bud Light shopper was. <laughs> really? Primarily males who are proud of being males. What's wrong with that? You know, there, there used to be a time when females were proud of being females. Okay? We called that feminism. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with a female being proud of being a female? And can a man be settled in his own masculinity? But I digressed. Analysts think Anheuser-Busch's other brands will also suffer because of the Mulvaney anger. Well, let's take a look at another piece here. Number one rule of marketing, don't stick a pin in the eye of your loyal customers. That is what this Dylan Mulvaney marketing fiasco achieved. Let's listen to cut number one. Sales of Bud Light continue to plummet across the country as the fallout of the brand's partnership with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney remains unrelenting. Bud Light sales are down 26.1% from what they were a year ago. A firm specializing in the alcoholic beverage industry said if Bud Light cannot recover, it is in serious trouble this year and runs the risk of losing the number one position in the market. The financial battering of the iconic beer brand comes as conservatives throughout the United States continue to boycott Anheuser-Busch products. Many on the right are furious about Bud Light going woke and allowing Mulvaney, a biological male who identifies as female, to promote its product while dressed like Audrey Hepburn from Breakfast at Tiffany's. The move to partner with the transgender activists appears to have been part of a push by executives to, quote, evolve and elevate Bud Light, but it has come at a great cost to both Anheuser-Busch, bankroll, and public image. And at least two senior marketing executives have been forced to take a leave of absence. Well, a couple of quick thoughts here as we wrap up today's program. Dylan Mulvaney is perhaps the worst marketing decision a major brand has ever made. Worse than the famous New Coke formula that was an absolute disaster. The public hated the new Coke taste and Coca-Cola had to go back to the original taste. And well, they were able to salvage that by marketing original Coke, which was just Coke. I don't know if they're going to be able to salvage this one um, because they haven't changed the taste of Bud Light. They've changed the image. How do you repair that? And as we mentioned, the sales have dropped 26%, ending April the 22nd. VP Heinerscheid and her boss, Daniel Blake, both exited. They're on leave because of this scandal. And the one excuse... <laughs> this is so funny, folks. You can't make this up. The one can excuse. That is so lame. So lame. Just the excuses are, they're just throwing them out there, you know, like um, stupid bombs. Anheuser-Busch CEO finally disavows Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light partnership. This is late breaking on DailyMail.com. This just came out. Okay. May 4th, 2023 says, well, it wasn't a campaign. Uh, after the firm sent letter to retailers blaming an outside ad agency for approving it uh, with, uh, without a managing, management awareness. So, gee, we're the management. We're in charge of a multi, multi-million dollar brand. We're a multi-billion dollar company and we don't know what's going on in our own company. Uh, we, we Somebody hired an ad agent, ad agency and 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 somebody hired this uh, 
new VP to be over the brand. And uh, somebody put uh, a face on a can. We don't know what's going on. No, red flag on the field. That is the lamest excuse. Until they do a mea culpa and say, this was a really bad idea. We were wrong. I predict you're going to just continue to see sales collapse. Sales collapse. This was done in order to... look. The, the reality is this was done in order to raise the ESG score. And we've talked about this in prior episodes of, of Narrative Wars. It's all about the ESG score. That major multinational companies want to increase. ESG, okay? Environmental. S, social. G, governance. This is also all about social it's about social engineering. It's about changing society. It's about gayifying and transifying and LGBTQSPLABC123, baby, you and me, all across America, getting everybody so confused. They don't know if they're coming or going. Uh, they don't know what gender they're on. That's what this S is in social, ESG. And if that score goes up, then you're really cool in the uh, boardrooms of uh, BlackRock and these large in multinational um, investment companies that hold your stock, and uh, you get a you get a nice big smiley face on their bulletin board. Listen, the longer that Anheuser Busch InBev, that's the that's the corporate entity that owns Anheuser Busch, the longer that Anheuser Busch InBev delays doing this mea culpa, the more the brand and their other brands will suffer. You know, people are going to wise up. Um, Anheuser-Busch InBev owns 300 brands all over the world. And when people find out um, that these other brands are also owned by Anheuser-Busch, you may see sales start plummeting there also. Kind of interesting, something to keep your I out for. Well, that's our program for today, everyone. And if you've enjoyed this program, please five-star rate and follow and tell a friend. Remember, you can find our website with links to your favorite podcast apps at narrativewars.org. That's narrativewars.org. Well, until next time, fellow lovers of liberty, may the Lord bless you and keep you. We the people are sick and tired. So tired. Hey.